Hello everyone and welcome to the Dog Ate My Meeple podcast. Hello everyone and welcome in another episode of the Dog Ate My Meeple podcast. In today's episode, as you know, we are really big fans of Arkham and Lovecrafts and Cthulhu and all of the mythos, so it will possibly come to no surprise that today we are having another Cthulhu-esque game, and we are looking at an FFG's classic, Elder Sign. So it's all about rolling the dice, solving puzzles, and pretty much trying to find enough Elder Signs to close the gates before the Ancient Ones come through and destroy the world as we know it. So, are we ready? Let's have a deeper look and let's have a look at what Elder Sign is, how it plays and is it worth your time after so many years and does it deserve the title of a classic as it is known today. It is 1926 and the museum's extensive collection of exotic curious and occult artefacts poses a threat to the barriers between our world and the elder evil lurking between dimensions. Gates go to beyond begin to open, and terrifying creatures of increasing strength steal through them. Animals, mad and those of more susceptible minds are driven to desperation by the supernatural forces that the portals unleash. Only a handful of investigators race against time to locate the eldritch symbols necessary to seal the portals forever. Only they can stop the Ancient Ones beyond from finding its way to Earth and reducing humanity to cinders. That's how Elder Science introduces itself and this is really where we are. For those of you who've never heard of Elder Sign, it is a very interesting fast-paced cooperative dice game where we become investigators and as those investigators of which we have really quite a lot to choose from, what we really do is try to complete certain objectives, whether it's going to be defeating a monster, whether it's going to be solving a puzzle, whether it's going to be finding enough clues, but what it's really all about is that we are in museum in Arkham in the ever-famous Arkham, within the museum, bad things start to happen, and the veil between the worlds becomes a bit loose, and this is where we come in, because our job is to make sure that the veil becomes stronger, that the portals never fully open, and the ancient ones, be it Yoxothoth, Cthulhu, or whoever else, we don't want them to come through. And our job is to find enough Elder Signs, the Eldritch Symbols, to seal the gates and close the portals before that happens. In a simple terms, that's it. But now the question is, how does the race against time work? Who are we? How do we do this? Well, this is oh, actually relatively simple. Now, the game has a whole different set of cards and as you can imagine from a fantasy flight game, you're going to have larger cards, you're going to have smaller cards and it's all kind of in between. So we get an idea that we're going to have custom dice as usual per FFG style. We're going to have larger cards and smaller cards again as FFG normally does. So, so within the game, what we are, we choose 
between one and eight investigators because yes we can play it solo and we can play it with up to eight people though obviously on that number the downtime is gonna increase significantly but I'll talk about that later but in the end we choose an investigator from quite a lot to choose from and what we do is we will be going to certain locations around the museum and we will need to complete the tasks now it's actually really simple if you think about it because basically we're gonna have to roll the dice of which we have eight however we'll only be losing rolling six we have six green die we have one green uh, sorry we have six green dice uh, we have one yellow die and one red die now normally we will only be using the six green dice however the yellow and the red one can be added if we have items or any special abilities and they allow us to kind of they increase the chances of us of succeeding to but now what does it mean to go to our location and try to succeed in a task well it's actually quite simple each location of which six are active at any given time we are on our turn we are able to choose one that we decide to go to and then we will have on the card a short description the name the point value the trophy points that we can exchange for benefits for healing and so on which i will explain later but pretty much every location card is going to have a set of objectives that we need to do and these are kind of the tasks that we are trying to achieve uh, you might have a card that will have printed for example two school symbols which are perils um, and a parchment we might have um, a spyglass with a number six which means we need to have a total of six clues to finish that task now the trick is that most of the cards are not going to have only one thing it's not only going to be a matter of rolling two skull symbols on six dice because the tasks come in rows the different cards can vary between generally two to three rows however more can occur as well so let's say to give you an example card we're going to have a card which is called we need to find help we're gonna have a short description if there is anything special about the card we're gonna have it there and then the card I have in front of me basically says that in order for me to succeed in that task I will need to roll the six dice and what I need to get is two skull symbols which represent perils one parchment which represents law and spyglass with number three which says that i would need to have three clues in order to succeed however the trick is that it's not a matter of re-rolling and rolling them as many times as we want because what we want to happen is we want to roll it ideally in one go if i roll the dice and i manage to get all of the symbols i pretty much match them with the symbols on the card and i fulfill that task and then i will look at the bottom on the card and on left i have the in the red box i have the negative effects that will happen if i fail to do the task for example i might lose health or i might lose my sanity which obviously either kill you or make you go insane which would mean a game over for a character at the same time uh, we might have the good things that can happen or the benefits we might get if we manage to succeed in the scenario which can give us items unique items spells or even allies and allies are really useful in the game so i will roll the die and if i manage to get it great i've finished the task i can move on to a next one if i have if there is only one then it's quite clear but let's say that we have three rows and each task asks us to do something if you think about it having three rows let's say each one needing two symbols means that i really need six dice and it's all nice and great however what is important when we play the game is we need to remember one key thing. Every time I roll the dice and I fail to complete any given task on a card, I need to lose one dice and only then 
I am allowed to reroll the others. So if I roll six dice and I fail to do anything on my card, I fail to succeed, I will take one die away and I'm only rolling five, which means if my task required me to have six dice total, I already failed. Now, that's exactly how it sounds. The game is not really easy. It requires us to think and plan quite a lot, but it doesn't mean it's impossible because this is where the yellow and the red dice come in. These can be added by using common items, unique items, um, we can have spells that add us. Each character has a unique skill, so some allow you to discard items to get the bonuses, and so on and so forth. So there are some ways to mitigate it. And ideally, what we are going to be doing, we will be going through the tasks one by one, taking turns, going to one, trying to fulfill all the tasks on a card, and then if we, f if we manage to do it, we get the reward. If we fail, we get the penalty and the turn goes to the next person. Now, that's not all, we, all that happens, because as the game said in the introduction, there is also the time aspect to it. Now, there is a really cute thing which I like about the game, is that the way we uh, follow our turns, we have a clock, and each time a person finishes a turn, we go three hours. So we go from 12 to 3 to 6 to 9, and then we go to 12 again. And once the midnight strikes, which is after four turns, we will take a card, which usually adds an effect. It might be that a monster shows up, and we have two effects. One is an instant that happens immediately at midnight, but there is also a chance for a card to have a lingering effect. So it is possible that perhaps something bad happens, the stars align badly for us, or the veil becomes really thin, and maybe more monsters come up, or maybe monsters become stronger, or maybe clues are more difficult to find and we will need a bit more. Um, so there is a lot of different um, cards that can change what's going on slightly. So it might make things slightly easier, it might make things slightly more difficult. So it is quite interesting and I would say it does add a lot to the game. Now, there is even more to that because while we would think, okay, it's only rolling dice, matching the symbols, then we also need to talk about the ancient one. There is quite few ancient ones we can choose from and we have the classic ones like Cthulhu, uh, Nyarlathotep, um, Yogg-Sothoth, um, Yig. So, you know, all the typical ones you would find in any FFG Cthulhu game, and each one will have a different number of Elder Signs that is uh, that are needed to close the gate. So, you know, some of them will be easier, some of them will be more difficult, but also each one of them will have a specific additional rule that changes. For example, if you are playing, if you are fighting against Nyala Thothep, we're going to have extra monsters added to the pool of monsters that can show up. Um, if we are playing against Yogg-Sothoth, um, we need to be very careful with a special kind of uh, location, which is the Otherworld location. And it is possible that we have these six locations within the uh, museum that we are working in, that we are trying to seal the gates in. But there is also a possibility that if some tasks will open a portal to another dimension and we can for example go to Rilie and in there we're going to have additional tasks so these are like the otherworldly locations we go through the portal we can try to do something there these are usually high risk high reward and they often provide a good chance of getting a lot of elder signs so you know they help us get closer to the end of the task and winning the game however now the, the we know how to win the game. If we, if we collect enough uh, Elder Sign tokens, we pretty much seal the gate and we win. But now, how do we lose the game? Well, each Ancient One card is going to have the description of the special rule and it will have a tracker. So not only we know who we are fighting, who they are, what is the special skill, how many Elder Signs we collect, 
but there is also something called Doom Tracker, which helps us pretty much track how awaken is the ancient one so when we start obviously it's empty but as we're going to be playing certain tasks are going to speed it up if we lose it might speed it up even the midnight events might speed it up and we might be adding doom tokens to the track sometimes nothing happens and it's just you know taking time and we just get closer to losing or to ancient one being awake but some of them also might spawn monsters so you know th there is that going on as well where basically by adding monsters what I mean when the monsters spawn we will take a random monster token from the bag or from a cup or whatever and then we'll have to add it to card certain cards tell you specifically where to put them if you don't have that it can be assigned randomly but basically it always makes the task more difficult and it's it's never fun so you know monsters are make the game quite hard so quickly going back to the doom token and the doom tracker what really happens is that if there are enough tokens that the whole doom tracker is filled in that means that the ancient one is awake it goes through the portal and then there is a whole system that tells us how we fight it now in that fight you are clearly at the disadvantage and it's clear that you are not kind of supposed to easily win we are most likely going to lose and die because in the end what can two tiny humans do to cthulhu or yoxothot who is an ancient god from the other dimension but you get the idea that it's not the end of the game when they are awake, but the game will become much more difficult and defeating them to win the game that way is not as good as actually closing the games before they are awake. However, at the same time, whenever we succeed, whether it's going to be killing a monster or whether it's going to be doing the car, uh, finishing a task and completing a card, a completing allocation, we will always take a new location and we take the card we've succeeded. So that's where the trophies, which I mentioned earlier, come in. For every task we succeed, there is a point value let's say for trophy value that we get and it might be same for monsters and it will be same for locations and these we can exchange for goods we can uh, go to our shop in our turn we might we don't have to go to our location but we can go to our shop and exchange these points to buy items buy spells um to heal our sanity uh, to heal our health we can also if we are really good and we manage to get 10 we can spend 10 of our trophy points and exchange it for an elder sign which again helps us getting closer to winning the game now in the end the game is this like what i just explained each turn you will go to allocation and you will try to complete the tasks now as I said, you might have one, two or three tasks. Generally, you won't have more. The only chance of you for having four tasks is if you have three tasks and you would add a monster to a location, but then it becomes near impossible to complete in one go. And most likely you will have to kill the monsters first, fail the task and then revisit it again and try to do it. So, you know, a lot of things going on. But apart from that, what I wanted to say is that the game is fun and the locations are quite different that they will give you all the different things and sometimes the game can be very frustrating so if you don't like luck based games that's not a game for you because you will roll these dice and you will be getting annoyed because you can't get that one peril or terror symbol and and that's gonna drive you mad if you're a person who's prone of getting angry and frustrated with dice then just steer away because not only it's a very luck heavy game but also it's quite difficult game so you will want to just throw the box away and it might be frustrating experience for you however if you are like me and you don't really mind losing and if rolling dice is, is fun on its own like just chucking dice a lot i actually enjoy that and re-rolling them and planning what i can do thing winking how can i plan it out it, it is quite fun so you know it, it's that there are some ways of mitigating the luck aspect for example even if i fail 
Um, that doesn't mean I have to reroll all of the dice. I am always able to keep one die with the symbol I like and then just reroll the others. We can also get clue tokens, which look like kind of tiny footprints, and we can use them to reroll the dice in any way we want. So there are other ways of mitigating it. There are spells which allow you to lock the dice and use them for later. Others can do it for you. If you are both in the same locations, you can hold the dice for each other. So, so there are ways of mitigating it. So it's not purely luck-based game. But in the end, because it's a dice game and we are rolling to get the symbol we need, it is a game that is very dice-heavy. You know, like it or hate it, but th th it is what it is. I think that's the main reason why the game gets so much hate, because... I think it's been, in many cases, it's oversold as this amazing, superb Cthulhu experience, but realistically, it's not really that. If you are looking for a story-driven experience, then obviously Arkham Horror, the card game, is a way better choice, or Mansions of Madness, or Eldritch Horror, or Arkham Horror board games. They will be always better choices for a thematic experience. This is a nice cooperative dice uh, chucker in which you have the Cthulhu theme, which works well and, and it's really nice and it doesn't feel just attached. It, it feels like a part of the game. It all makes sense. But but it's not as theme-driven as the other games in the Arkham Chronicles series. So be aware of that. However, if you're looking for something to play together with your friends or something relatively light, I would say that's actually quite a good game. If you're not a person who's super heavy focused and you want to play with four or even five or even eight of your friends, because we can play eight, that means, though, you will be playing once every eight turns, which is not ideal, and the downtime is big. But if you want to treat it as a, let's say, party game, you could. And, you know, you're going to do your turn, and then you kind of see what others are doing, drinking beer, chatting, and doing whatever else. And then your turn comes in, you will chuck some dice, and then you can chat together. So you don't have to stay on top of things that much as if you would in Mansions of Madness or any other game from the series. So we get an idea. Now, what I really like about the game, like we can actually move on to that, is, yeah, the arts, I don't think there is much to say, because if you've played any FFG game set in Arkham Universe, you will know it all, because it's the same art style. If you've played Mansions of Madness, Arkham Horror, you will recognize things. The, the, the arts are the same. Some of the symbols are exactly the same, so that will all feel very familiar. The sanity and health aspect, very familiar again, and nothing new to introduce. But the game is still very fun to play. You've got these locations, you complete them, there will be new ones, some you won't want to do. There are some locations which lock the dice for you, which means you will not be able to use them for until the task is complete. Um, there are some monsters which don't really die but always come back. There are others which have some extra effects. Each ancient one plays differently and you kind of need to remember that. Now that means there is a bit of tracking when we are playing the game because you need to remember what does the lingering effect from the midnight event is doing. You need to remember how the ancient one is affecting the game. But again, it's nothing too difficult. It's just two or three pieces of information that you kind of need to keep in the back of your head. It's not too difficult. Most of the time I, I tend to remember it, which is quite fine. So would I recommend the game? I would say yes. Now, if you like the game, the good thing is that there is quite a lot of expansions. I think there are six expansions at the moment. I haven't had the chance to play any of them yet. However, I did hear that the first one is the one you would people generally strongly recommend because they say it really makes the game better and richer experience. The others are basically more content, but they are not that influencing the gameplay itself. So most likely sooner or later, I will be getting the expansion as this is 
lately actually has become my um, go-to solo game, which if you're following us on Instagram, uh, the dog ate my meeple, you will see quite a few pictures of my two latest sessions playing Elder Sign. So if you want to see how the game looks, definitely go to our Instagram at the dog ate my meeple podcast and you can find some of the games and you can see some pictures of the things I've played lately. I think I've played against Nyala Thothep and against Yoxothoth and I've managed to actually succeed in both cases though with uh, Yoxothoth it was quite a close one with with my last few dice kind of winning the game for me so that was quite a intense experience should I say. But what I would say it's it's a very fun game, it's a co-op game, it's a fun game, the, the board itself isn't really there so we have the cards so you know you can set it up in many different ways, it doesn't take too much space on the table, uh, if you if you don't have a big table you can set it up on a smaller one, that will be fine. It can be played solo and it can be played with up to eight people which is you know quite a big spread of numbers. Um, we have variable player powers because each character will play slightly differently um, and it is kind of a simple game in the end in terms of rules. It's not going to be difficult to learn the rules of this game, but it's still a fun game to play. I think at the moment Elder Sign has a rating of 7 on Board Game Geek, which kind of shows it's, yeah, it's not a mind-blowing game, but it's not a bad game either. So, you know, it kind of lies nicely in the middle. Now, um, what I would say is if you have a chance to play it, I would definitely recommend it to give it a go, because I think from all the dice games I've played, this is the one which felt nicest. And I've played zombie dice, played chupacabra dice, I've played many smaller dice games and they often are like a competitive in nature, while over here we have a nice dice chucker which is the co-op at its core, which I enjoy, I generally enjoy kind of adventure cooperative games. And, and this has this nice co-op feel to it which works quite well. Um, and I mentioned a second ago that the rules aren't difficult, to give you an example, I played it with my father. Yeah, my dad had no problems with wrapping the head around and he actually enjoyed it. He found the game quite fun and then, you know, thinking, should we go there together because then I can help you or using items. It was a simple game for him. He he got the rules really quickly. We played a few games actually and he enjoyed it. Um, yeah, you never know. I might be playing with him again next time he pops in for coffee. So you see, it's a game that you could actually introduce to new gamers. If someone likes the theme, that's great. Go for it. They, they will enjoy the theme because the monsters are there and, and you have that kind of sense of dread and you know you can go to Rilia, you can go to the other dimensions to fight monsters and do whatsoever you want to go there. You have the spells, um, you can have you know Al-Hazret's Lamb that will give some benefits to you. So the, the, the theme is there. It's not the main thing but, but I would never say it's not a thematic game. It is a very strong, the, the theme is very strong within it and it all looks there. If you read the short descriptions, they're like snippets, a sentence or two maybe, but they also add a bit more to the theme. Now, there has been an older edition and the newer edition. The newer one is pretty much the same. It's just the reprint. Um, and as far as I know, the, from what I've seen online, some people say that the reprint has slightly different color palette. It's a bit, um, let's say, with a, a bit stronger contrast and a bit darker. I have the reprinted version. Um, I haven't noticed any difference between this one and the older one I played when I borrowed it from a friend of mine. So I would say it's the same thing and, and they basically are virtually, they are the same game. And in both cases, it's a great game. Um, in terms of price, I think at the moment is about 27, eight pounds on Zatu and Amazon. I was super lucky for whatever reason, it was for 11 pounds on Amazon and I just bought it straight away. I got messages out of stock and I was like, oh yeah, of course, it was too good to be true. But actually 
few hours later I got a message saying that once it's back I'm gonna had it sent. I think I waited for about two or three weeks and I actually received my copy so that was an absolutely amazing deal getting the game for £11. I would say keep an eye on it however if you're gonna be really getting into it be aware that the expansions might be hard to get and if you pay for you pay like um, £28 for the base game I think expansions are about £24-25 if you want to find them. Um, promo cards are absolutely ridiculous because it's an old game it's almost nine years old already so you know that they will be very difficult to find but generally would I recommend Elder Sign yes that's one game that I would easily recommend whether it's for new players whether it's for people who've never played the dice game um, if it's someone who wants to have some light dice checking fun in terms of a co-op game it, it all works quite nice if they've even if they don't know the theme it's okay Okay, they don't really need to understand anything from the Cthulhu universe, from the Cthulhu mythos, you will just tell them, you see this, that's the big monster from the, the other dimension, he's trying to come in, we need to get enough of these nice pentagram looking stars, symbols to close the gate before it comes in. And that's really it. And they will be able to go play and enjoy it and they will understand enough to know what's going on. The arts are quite nice, the short descriptions up to the theme, you've got the characters, it's, it's generally a nice game. So I would say it is a nice game. It delivers on its promise of being a fast paced co-op dice game of supernatural intrigue as they called it. And I would say yes, it, it is. It is a good game. Is it the best Cthulhu game? Nope. Um, I'm at the moment absolutely not. That's always going to go to Mansions of Madness for for me. It's in like you know, Mom is just one of my favorites. I possibly, if not my favorite game. But again, would I recommend Elder Sign? Absolutely yes. Have I played it with more experience and beginner gamers? Yes. They both enjoyed it. Would I say it's a party game? Um, could be depending on your group. But you know. Playing up to eight people you can. I would say it's possibly three, four is the magic number, though it works really well with two and it's a great co-solo game. Though in solo game you might want to play with two investigators. I mean, we could play with one and that means you are going everywhere, but losing your life and sanity is going to become an issue because certain missions might require you to pay with your sanity or with your life and it will be difficult to maintain that health uh, level and be able to do that. Also having two different powers, it's, it's great. Again, uh, when I talked about the rules, I didn't give you all the rules, I gave you a very basic overview. If you want to know how to play, there is tons of videos on um, YouTube, which will be much easier to understand than a podcast, because over there you can see it and it's all nicely explained, so uh, I'll leave you to that if you are more interested in it. If you're more interested in it, um, if you want to have a look at what we've done, definitely go to our Facebook page. We are on Facebook and you can find us in the Dog Ate by My Meeple uh, fan community. We are there. So, you know, come on in, visit us, let us know what you think, leave any comments, what you like, what you don't like, what, what is the next game you would like reviewed. You know, we never know, we might get it. Um, and I think that's about it. It's not a long episode, it's, but it's, I think, quite a intense one, should I say. Um, so yeah, guys, that's going to be it for this. That's going to be it about Elder Sign. If you would like to learn more, if you have any questions, feel free to go to Facebook to the Dog and My Meeple podcast. Please like our page, get in touch with us. We would love to get more engagement with community. We hope that it's going to help us grow the podcast. And in the end, we do it for you guys. So you know, let us know if we are doing the good or bad job. Any criticism is what we want as well. Any praise, not that I think we ha we deserve any perhaps, but you know, if you feel like it, that would be great to hear that as well. Make sure to go to our Instagram, leave us a like over there, see what we are playing and you know, follow us. Make sure you know what we are doing because that's how you can keep in touch. As always, um, I'm going to be with you guys again in two weeks time and not yet, but 
just as a teaser of possible future episode, we have started playing Gloomhaven, and at the moment we finished the first few missions, we're already getting a feel of it. And uh, yeah, so far it's been a pleasurable experience, but Gloomhaven is such a massive game that I don't think um, I played enough to be able to give you a fair judgment of it as it is, you know. Playing four missions and spending, I don't know, eight hours on it is not enough considering 100 plus hours that people normally put into and still don't finish the story. So with that, thank you very much for being here with me. Thanks for listening. It's been Omar, as always, from the Dog Ate My Meeple podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you will be back for more. And remember, in two weeks times, we are having a new episode. So be there with us and let's make season two even better. So thanks a lot. We hope to hear you on Facebook, Instagram and anywhere else. And thanks for listening and keep on gaming, guys. Take care.